1: Padres Hot Tub is proudly brought to you by the Hop Valley Brewing Company. And, John, uh, tonight we are going to have a Hop Valley-powered Padres Hot Tub podcast, also vinegar-powered. I think we're both uh, feeling a little salty and vinegary right now. Yes, very much so. Uh, But the one thing that goes down smooth, even when you are suffering through yet another brutal Padres evening, is the wide variety of Hop Valley IPAs. They have just carved the bitterness right out of that bad boy.
2: They have. Now, I'll, I'm going to tell you, because uh, I, I think we actually talked about this on a podcast. Either, we either talked about it on a podcast or not, or maybe it was just like in person. Because a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how I thought it made sense for us to talk about all the different beers that we drink. And therefore, when we do get an advertiser who makes a beer, people will trust our opinion. Mm -hmm. We're not just sitting here saying, oh, we like this beer because they pay us to like this beer. So I'm going to be totally honest with you. Right now, in San Diego, at least in my local grocery store, I can only get Hop Valley in the 12-pack that comes with uh, bubble stash, cryo stash, mango and stash, and a mystery stash. Mm Mm-hmm. And this frustrates me. Because you want that pineapple. Because I want the fucking pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) The the pineapple stash, which I think is called Pineapple Stash House. All right. uh, Is fucking fantastic. It's It's phenomenal. It's the best. It's my favorite one. I don't know if it's the best one. It's my favorite one. And the cryo stash is the only one that I don't really care for. That's the Imperial IPA. It's a higher ABV. It's just a little bit more punchy than the other ones. The other ones are so smooth, and that one's slightly less smooth. But it's still super smooth. Just had one. Loved it. It's Disagree still, with it's John. It's still great. I can't, really figure, good. I can't figure out if like I don't care for it just because in comparison to the other ones, it's just like... Maybe. But either way, I went and I bought another 12-pack, my local Smart & Final, they also have them at Vons and Albertsons and probably any grocery store near you. Except for Trader Joe's. Except for Trader Joe's. Work on that one. Sure. Uh, and I, I think we we said last time, I don't have the copy in front of me, of course, but um, they said last time they're working on getting in Costco. Yeah. Which would be great. But remember, they've got the cryo hops. They
1: basically they, they take the stuff that is left when they chop up all the hops on the blade and they scrape that stuff off. And then they freeze it. And then they take out the lupulin. And that's the magic stuff. How did you remember all that? I'm clever like that, man. And as a result, you have a beer that's got all the flavor, but they've brewed the bitterness out. The IBUs tell the story. All these beers are like 35, 40, 45 IBU. You go, go over to your regular craft brewer here in San Diego. Now, look. A lot of people have got that developed palate and they like to get punched in the mouth with that heavy, bitter taste. And
2: definitely do the cryos dash.
1: Right. But well, <laughs> that'll be the mildest version. But yeah. But for everyone else and for anyone who just wants like a nice drinkable, crushable beer. You come back from a walk. You know, it's a hot day. You want a refreshing beer.
2: Hop Valley is the most refreshing stuff I've had in my fridge in months. It is 100% the most refreshing beer I think I've ever had. It's, it's a, you know what? And it's a wonderful, really, really great summer beer. If you're like a day drinker in the middle of a Saturday, it's hot out, you're like sitting by a pool or something yeah, like that. Maybe Padres are losing the day game. It is perfect for that.
1: So check it out. Hop Valley Brewing Company. Find it at all, at your local grocery stores.
2: I, C- coming to Costco. Coming to Costco. I've been thrilled about the people that have tweeted us saying that they've tried it themselves and they love it. There was one guy who said, like, the best thing I've gotten out of Padres Hot Tub is Hop Valley beers. It's so good. It's just a now, there's some bitterness in that endorsement. A little all,
1: bit. All season long, your one ad was the only good thing I got.
2: I'll tell you, uh, we, we, <laughs> might, we might have a road trip on our hands here, a short road trip, because uh, Brad sent me an email. Brad from Hop Valley sent me an email the other day and said uh, he forgot to tell us this last time. Starting in September, Hop Valley has a collaboration brew with Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> called Hopitizer. It is a 7% ABV IPA. It is $5 for a tall draft through the end of the year. That is a deal on a great beer. and wow. I, I really, really like Buffalo Wild Wings. Do you really? I, I just like wings in general pretty okay. much from anywhere that's yeah. not like completely disgusting. Uh-huh. And Buffalo Wild Wings like just clears that bar. Yeah. So the word "completely" doing a lot of work in that sentence. Is. I will a hundred percent go there, eat some wings that'll make me feel bad later. Yeah. And drink some five dollar beers. Hop Valley Brewing Company. Check them out.
1: Welcome inside the Padres hot tub. I'm leaving the sigh in. Craig and John with you. We're in the summer studio. The weather's nice. The roof hasn't fallen on our heads. We have jobs. Our families are alive. You know, so there's good
2: things still in the world. I'm going to tell you this because I know you're still winding up. I'm just going to interrupt the wind up for a second. That's okay. I was trying to keep it positive. (laughs) This is still. That's
1: my level of positive. Your veranda hasn't fallen on my head tonight.
2: We uh we haven't done much planning for this episode. I don't know that we need I've to I've done extensive planning. You just are unaware of it. I've done no planning. The planning has all been done in my head. At some point, whenever you feel like it, I'm gonna tell you that you can hit the switch and I'm gonna go off. Because okay. I, I I have one ready. I have one in the chamber. Okay. It's ready to go.
1: On this podcast today. Are the Padres a broken team? Holy shit, extensive planning. Has this team given up on their manager? Has Ted Lasso lost the room? We're going to talk about it seriously. Has A.J. Preller put us in an even deeper hole than we possibly realize with this team right now? And we'll try and find any good news by the end of the podcast. And John's going to have a rant in here that will be triggered by one of these topics.
2: I actually already know. Now that you've read them off, I know which one. I know exactly where the rant's coming. Perfect. Um, So this is up to you. I kind of signed you up for this, but this is up to you. Uh, so we have a potential inside source into the Padres Clubhouse. That's coming up later in the podcast. I didn't know whether or not you wanted to pay that off or not, but I did tweet out yesterday. Yeah, you you tweeted it out, so I, I'm stuck. You're stuck. You could fuck me over and be like, "No, John tweeted that. I'm not giving anything up." I don't think we should reveal anything about the source. No, of course not. At all, and uh, I would
1: never sell. But it's a verifiable that source out.
2: that told us what happened when Hosmer called a team meeting. So right. if you're waiting for that, that's that's apparently coming later because I, I backed Craig into a corner.
1: That, that might be under the has this team given up on the manager. Okay. Uh,
2: banner. Okay. But let's
1: begin with our broken little ball club, shall we? Last week when we gathered here and we talked about the Cincinnati Reds, it was a quickly dismissed fuck the Reds. We don't care about the Reds.
2: Shut up about those stupid Reds. Stand by that. My, my, my point was a solid one. If the Padres get passed by the Reds, it has nothing to do with the Reds and everything to do with the Padres. Well, that point remains. Something to
1: do with the Reds because the Reds get to play the desiccated remains of the Cubs
2: and the Pirates like every day the rest of the season. The Padres get to play the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. That's not a get-to, that's a got-to. I'd still.
1: the No, I mean the rest of the I know, the year. I know. When the Padres played the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Giants and the Dodgers.
2: Yeah, well, according to the... And go to Arizona one more time where According to the way swept. Th- yeah, according to how the Padres have played this year, that's a good thing. Yeah. Apparently yeah. they need that shit. Right. So, since
1: all of that, the Padres won a game Monday and Tuesday. The uh be sad to say. Uh bandwagon beach article that aged the worst the fastest was posted Wednesday morning saying the Padres are poised for a long winning streak, having won four in a row. That's a misquote.
2: Somewhat posed for a long winning streak. That's a misquote. I it was misquote. a super positive thing. No no no. It said it said uh because they'd won a couple games. Four in a row. And they had the the Diamondbacks and the Rockies coming up, right? And I said there is potential for them to go on a long winning streak. Okay, so you used the that's fair. I I do that. Poised, too. poised You Used would one softening word. To poised make, would that mean you can hang on. Poised would mean I believe they're in a position to do it. Potential right. means it's fucking possible. Okay. So they immediately followed that by losing four in a row. This is why you were at the game tweeting it like. Uh, yes, old guy, takes exposed. Old takes exposed. And I was like, what old take? All I said is they've potentially. They'd still I read with- that. I,
1: I swear to God, I read that on the toilet that morning. And I thought to myself, we're going to go in this toilet. Right. Right. When I read that, we're going to go in the toilet. I'm going to find it. Uh, I'm going to read. Oh, it. hang on. An actual Padres winning streak by John Gennaro. It shows up on my screen right here. I'm going to read it cuz it's like at the very end of the article, right? The Padres have won 4 games in a row and seem ready to catch fire. Seem is the word that we need
2: in that headline to 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 Okay. Carry <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy. <laughs> okay, so this is the last paragraph. There is a chance, albeit probably a small one, that the Padres roll off 5 more or even 8 more with 3 in Colorado after the Diamondback series. Wins in a row here and really make some noise. That should be what they aim for, and the closer they get to it, the better off they'll be in the playoff chase. A chance, albeit a small one. Okay. All right. I
1: just wanted to give you guff on that. Um, Stick delivered. Our team has sucked since that day. Since that day. The next day, Ryan Weathers, the non-competitive starting pitcher, went out there in his non-compete mode and immediately put the Padres in a giant hole they could not recover from. This is a familiar result. Uh, Then uh, everything fell apart, right? Oh, well, don't worry. We're going to bring out our big three, except Darvish got bombed and got hurt, and then Snell barely made it through five, and then Musgrove got
2: bombed. Can I hit pause for a second? Sure. I want to know why. I'm just going to be angry the whole podcast, by the way. I want to know why. The Padres to start the season were like we can't call up Gore until he's ready. What we don't want is a situation where he comes up and it ruins his confidence. Right. And blah. You're fucking destroying Ryan Weathers. Destroying him. Daisy like they're rick ankieling Ryan Weathers. Yes. He's gonna he's gonna quit baseball after this right. year. Like they are putting him out there to just get shelled. They're nuking him. Over and over again. And then today was another example where he gets shelled early and they're like, Hang out there. We got a bullpen day tomorrow, bud, so uh, you can take some lumps. And it's like you can tell whatever love this kid had for baseball is just disintegrating. And they're just destroying him. And I want to know why it was okay to do it with Ryan Weathers and not with Gore. And obviously the answer is like they knew Gore was fucked up. But I'm just mad. I'm mad that they use that as an excuse for Gore or early in the year. And now they're just hanging Ryan Weathers. Mackenzie
1: Gore is the single biggest untold terrible story of the San Diego Padres because so many of the problems that are happening to the Padres right now, the Padres left as their deliberate answer, Mackenzie Gore, right? We're not going to go sign another starter in the offseason, a veteran or whatever? Because we don't want to block Mackenzie Gore. We don't
2: want to block Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore needs to eat these innings. Well, plus they had Morejon, who had earned a starter's role. They had Paddock, who they weren't ready to move on from as a starter yet. And they had Gore waiting in the wings. So they were like, where can we put another starter? Right, right. Little did they know, right? However little did they
1: know, we were talking in March and April that the Padres had no security blanket because the first time that a Padres starter got injured, Nabil Chrismat appeared on our team. And we realized there's no security blanket for the Padres this year. You're straight to quadruple-A talent the second you scrape past the surface, the second something goes wrong. And in the context of that, with two months of the starting pitchers declining and nothing as a backup, nothing at all. The only thing you have now is the ghost of a left-handed young starter that was once considered one of the three best prospects in all of baseball and now is an absolute fucking mystery. Okay? Under those contexts, we, as a franchise, Decided we'd go over the competitive balance tax. We would jump over the luxury tax threshold to acquire another infielder, a relief pitcher,
2: and a fifth outfielder. To be fair, they they needed the outfielder and the relief pitcher. They did. They definitely didn't need fifth infielder. But no. they got him. Mm-hmm.
1: It's screwed everything up. I still look at that, and and I'm gonna, and I know I'm on a limb, kind of by myself in Padre world. But I still look at that as the moment
2: things started to really go wrong. I still feel kind of, I well, i still. I feel kind of uncomfortable about Tatis in the outfield right now, and that's entirely just due to Frazier. It's entirely because of Adam Frazier. He would 100% be playing shortstop right now.
1: 100% he would be at shortstop, if not for the fact that Adam Frazier's here. Someone has to, as I said, the day they signed him, the traded for him, somebody has to play out of position every day the rest of the year. Yeah. And that's. What was gonna be happening, and that's what was happening with Frazier playing out of position, and it was happening with, you know, either Cronenworth moving
2: or now Tatis is moving. You know, well, on fam the fam
1: uh, played right field, like on, everything's on the, going the, crazy.
2: The Padres blog that you hate the most, Bandwagon Beach. I said about the Home Adam. of a hopeless optimist. I said about the Adam Frazier trade. This trade only makes sense if Hosmer's benched, and he wasn't benched, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Period. End of story. Uh just. All the ways I see this team is broken
1: right now. They are almost entirely in the pitching staff, but then it gets to the offense and it really gets sad. Okay? So you start with, you know, as we record this on a Monday night, Ryan Weathers goes out there and for the fourth consecutive start puts up a disaster. Okay? More earned runs than innings pitched. Fourth consecutive start for a quote-unquote contender. That he's put up more earned runs than innings pitched. And the answer is, we're going to put him out there again in five days. Okay? You said it. There, oh, he's 21. What are you worried about? How many fucking pitchers came up, got shelled at 21, and you never heard of him in 23? I know he's the son of a ball player, so he's lived in a life of white, rich privilege his entire life. He's been coddled and told that he is destined to be a big leaguer his entire life. The kid gave up a home run to the first batter today. Like, I was laughing as I was walking, listening to Jesse, and the Padres went down one, two, three on like five pitches in the first inning. I said, "How many pitches will it take for Ryan Weathers to put us behind?" And the answer was two. Boom, one nothing, you know. And I agree they might ruin the we- the career of Ryan Weathers, but it gets to something you just brought up. Which is how fucked up this team is right now. The Padres enter every game right now. And it's been really since that run of 42 games in 44 days. They enter every game in hang on mode. They're not in win mode. They're not in compete mode. They're not in, uh-oh, we just got punched in the face and now we got to react. React. We're down three nothing. Let's go. Let's go. Right? No. Three nothing is, you know what? Let's go. On tomorrow. Let's go on to tomorrow. The Padres have, and tonight they were trying to break this. Because I spent a lot of time making sure I was right and looking this up. Since Daniel Slam Arena, the Padres have not come from behind to win a game. This season. Jesus okay in the second half they have this many comeback wins zero and i went through every box score tonight before i came over here of the second half to make sure i'm defining a comeback now listen last saturday against Arizona at home. They were up 1-0. Christian Walker hit a two-run homer in the third to put him down 2-1. Hosmer homered in the bottom of the third to make it 2-2. Is that a comeback win?
2: Not really, no. It's
1: not a comeback win. Any game where they have been, that they have won this, since the Slamarana game, any game they have won, they have led at the fifth. Okay? They have led at the fifth. Any game where they even, and there's only two of these, where they came back, they gave up a run and they scored the next inning. So like the game I went to Tuesday with Danny Ortiz against the Marlins, they gave up three in the first inning, but they got two. And then they gave up one, then they got two. But by the time we were into just what's going on in the game, they were ahead. They've been ahead in every game they've won. They've been behind in every game they've lost. And when they fall behind, they have not come back to win at all. And that is different. That's not the Padres team that we were
2: rooting for last year. This is and what I said on this year on group therapy last year. They were the comeback kids and, right. and this year they're the total opposite. They're the total
1: opposite. And tonight's game, the Monday night loss was just a perfect, perfect example of this because they fall behind 1-0, and the team was in complete tank mode. The the run they got was on a strikeout that the that the catcher didn't catch. And it was a strikeout wild pitch and it let the runner score from third. The inning ended on a double play. The running the run would have never scored. The Padres faced a sinker ball pitcher today and never until the ninth inning allowed more than like 12 pitches for the pitcher the entire game in any inning. And they they do that a lot. Yeah,
2: they do that a lot. They
1: do that a ton. And it's odd, man, because I feel like you and I have watched this and kind of ignored it for a long time and kind of just always put it in the frame of, no, no, this is a team that has each other's back, that rallies for each other. This is a team that cares about each other and no deficit is safe not with Tatis and Machado they'll rally and they'll beat you this team fights till the last out no like since the Washington series at home when Brian Kenny did the whole breakdown on MLB network about look at this team they're down 12 nothing they're still fighting yeah you know no fight from the San Diego Padres
2: so they went into the all-star break Skidding a little bit, but it was, you know, shortly after the Camarina thing. Came back from the All-Star break. And they were playing okay. They played okay against Nationals in D.C. Played okay against the Braves in Atlanta. They went to Miami. Four-game series. They win the first two. Believe it was the third game of the series. You were at a loyal match, I want to say. Yeah. And the umpire... In the oh, game, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Just, yeah, decided yeah, right. that the Marlins were gonna win and the Padres yeah. weren't. And I remember watching it, and it was really I mean, I mean, it, it, it's it's an unbiased thing to say he was trying to give the game to the Marlins. That's how bad it was. Right. And I was like, at some point, Jace has to fucking meltdown. Like, he has to show his players that he is as pissed as they are. Because Tatis, who you know, in the dugout, Tatis is a pretty quiet guy. He'll dance, he'll play, but he's not out there screaming at people. Tatis started yelling at the umpire at first base. Right. And going, do you see what he's doing? Right. Like, he's giving them the get. Do you see? And I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is Really bad. Tatis doesn't do that. This is really, really bad. And I don't think Jace got tossed. Skip Schumacher got tossed. He went out there and he got in the ump's face, and he was he was like, "You are doing a horseshit uh, thing here. Each one of these guys is is busting their ass, and you are you are fucking them over." He got tossed. Jace, I don't believe did, and I remember thinking to myself, "This is the kind of game." that Jace is going to get in the post-game press conference, and he's going to say, we've contacted the league, we are protesting this game, what he did out there was completely unfair, etc., etc." et cetera. There was no protest. There was no, there was just, it's a tough game. Sometimes you don't get the calls, you got to fight through it. And, like, we made such a big deal last year, and I, I think rightfully so, about Tingler, like, Almost losing the clubhouse. Right. When Tatis hit the 3-0 grand slam, and he made the team made Tatis go and do a press conference where he apologized. Right. And it was a whole thing. And then he like figured it out and he turned it into like, you know what? I was wrong. You guys are right. We should be celebrating. We should be hitting. We should be dancing. We should be celebrating. We should be doing all of these things. Go do it. And they were like, okay, Jace, you're cool. But and maybe this is our transition into the next topic, but I remember when they hired Jace Tingler being like, they're trying to compete at the level of the Dodgers, the Giants, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and they hired fucking who? Right. Fucking who? AJ's buddy. Who had no major league coaching experience. None. I don't even think he'd manage in the minors. He'd manage in the Dominican League for like, One year. Right. He hadn't even been a bench coach. He hadn't ever been a player at the major league level. He had no rings to speak of. Like, there was no reason for those players to respect him whatsoever. They'll quit on him like that. And I think last year they almost did. And I think this year they have. And I'm not going to say it's all because that Marlins game. But I think this has been building over time. And that Marlins game was so egregiously bad that the fact that he didn't... And honestly, the fact that he didn't stand up for them and Skip Schumacher did said a lot. It said a fucking lot about who was there protecting their players and who wasn't.
0: It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain...
1: So it 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 does come back to something. You know, we watch this team a lot. And there's been a a broke I, again, a broken vibe about this team where something felt different since a week or so before the trade deadline. And before that, the team was, yes, pushing its food around the plate, fucking around a little bit, not quite polishing off the bad teams as as sharply as they could. Melanson had given away a couple of games. The, the starters had rattled for a little while. But, like, everything that happened kind of had an explanation that you could pin on it as part of a good team, the struggles of a good team. And then... Ever since about a week before the All-Star break or the 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 trade deadline, the team has had this funk to it where the game they win, they just, you know, take care of business. Usually Tatiste does well. Um the games they lose, they fall behind, they never come back. The energy feels really weird.
2: Like it's not where it used to be. It's nowhere near what it used to be. The even the last year when they hit home runs, you remember what they did?
1: bunch of dances they would dance yeah, they the, dance through, through the through yeah, the dugout yeah. right
2: this year it's the swag chain right? right i don't know if you've noticed this in the last week or so they don't give a shit about the swag chain anymore like they do it but it's like it's sad like i i saw a video from uh a friend of mine who went to one of the the diamondbacks games and they had a video of the guys waiting at the dugout for tatis to come back after he'd hit i think both of his home runs there's no, like, yeah, that's great. They were just sitting there, like, bored. And I was like, why are those guys just standing there bored? And then Tatis walks up, and one of them's like, oh, here you go. And, like, puts the swag chain on him, and he was like, yeah, and then he took it off.
3: Hmm.
2: And I was like, even that, yeah. which was, like, a big prize for them before, they don't care about it anymore. Okay, so
1: ever since Jace Tingler's been named the manager of the Padres, we've had this interesting discussion. About Jace Tingler, right? And in the beginning, we'd say, well, what do we know or understand about Jace Tingler? We're we're not sure what we understand about Jace Tingler. We could debate his moves. They have been regularly questionable over the course of baseball games, his handling of the pitching staff, his handling of the reliefers, his bullpen, his lineup construction, his pinch hitting decisions. There's been a lot that you could question about his tactics and strategy his planning and preparation from a lineup and a setup standpoint. But we've always overridden that by talking about the positive clubhouse atmosphere created by Jace Tingler, the player's manager, who allows Manny and Tatis to be himself to be themselves, who allows this positive Clubhouse culture to that is filled with individuality and swagger to, you know, flourish and grow and, and, you know, to, to, to keep that, that he's got that Ted Lasso, you know, the 26th Jorge Mateo, you matter just as much as anybody else in this team and you're going to win, you know, everyone be a goldfish and just look forward. Okay. That's broken right now. The team's not playing like that anymore. They're not playing with that swagger. And they're one and four guaranteed loss road trip through the two worst teams in their division. All the games that back in June on that ridiculously positive blog I read where they talked about once they get through this tough schedule, it's going to be easy sailing. And they're
2: gonna rack up the wins in July and August. To be fair, the schedule fucking looked like that. I want to read you a stat that is now outdated, so I will update it. Um, the San Francisco Giants this year are eight and four against the Rockies, and fourteen and two yep. against the Diamondbacks. Yep. The Dodgers are ten and three against the Rockies and 11 and 2 against the Diamondbacks. Yep. The Padres after losing today are now 8 and 9 against the Rockies. That's Correct. a losing record. Correct. And 8 and 7 against the Diamondbacks, which is very nearly a 500 record. Correct. That's the ball game. Yes. That's the whole ball game. They didn't lose this season because they weren't talented enough. They lost this season because they couldn't fucking beat bad teams. Like and that's not even I'm not even trying to insult the Rockies, as the Diamondbacks. Those are two of the four worst teams in baseball. Yeah. By record, by every yeah. metric you could possibly find. They're terrible. Allow me to quote Dennis Lynn, who wrote his most scathing
1: article, I think, of his athletic career on Sunday. Um On May... uh, I'm just quoting a stat he used, but I'm now tracking this in my head. On May 29th, the Padres beat the Houston Astros, and they had the best record in the National League. And since that date, May 29th is a long fucking time ago. I'm pretty sure I remember that day. That was Will Myers hitting the home run in extra innings. I was at Coronado... Getting ready to go to a
2: loyal match. That was game like twelve of the twenty and twenty. Yeah. yeah, it was the the Saturday, uh, X training game. Yeah, I just remember it being like kind of near the middle of those twenty games in twenty days. Yeah, and they all those X training games. Remember that? Yeah, put, and then, th- th- that we have literally been in hang on mode since. Right, and they they went from that series to Chicago where the Cubs right. swept them. Right, so, like the bad Cubs Correct. swept them. Yes. Since that
1: game, May 29th, the Padres are now 33 and 35. Okay, I mean that's 68 games, 33 and 35. Longer than last season, and that was all the way through the softest part, indisputably. Yep. Of the schedule should have been when they were making hay. 33 and 35. If the Padres come out and go 16 and 9 in September and beat up on all those teams and win the second wildcard, because by the way, they can't do anything but win the second wild card now, everything else is off the board, correct? and win the second wild card, then at some point during all those happy laughing and scratching our nuts days, we'll say to each other, oh, hey, remember back in August when we were losing to Arizona and Colorado and we were so sad about how the team was playing and so bummed out? Look how strong they are now. No matter what they do, they're roped into one game on the road Yep, to try and do anything with their year. And yes, if Fernando Tatis hits three home runs that game, the Padres will probably win the game. Yeah. You know, and like, good on them. And we'll be excited about that.
2: Sure, we'll be very happy.
1: And then they'll go on the road to San Francisco or L.A. With like, what? With what? With what? What are they going to have at that point?
2: Well, I mean, we don't know what they're going to have. What now. are they going to have? I mean, that's, that's, that's a month and a half from now. We
1: got it no is. Idea. It's a month and a half from now. But in order to even get there they have to stop being a 33-35 and ball club and start being that good team that they were for two months of the season. And you're not going to do that if you've given up on the concept of the Padres. If you've given up on the smart GM, the rock star GM, with his Ted Lasso manager that have put together this winning clubhouse culture that's going to allow us to overcome all these negative things. The Padres got no hit by a fucking slop tossing lefty making
2: his major league debut. By the way, I think that uh, I think that 33 and 35 includes them sweeping the Dodgers and maybe sweeping the Reds too. Yes. That's how bad it's been outside yes, of those series. That is correct. That is correct. There are two
1: sweeps in there. There's a, a near you know they, they won four in a row. Another te- yeah, they they won six out of eight. Where the two games they lost, they should have won. Yeah, like it could have been an eight game win. And Imagine still how still bad. The rest
2: of uh, the rest of it has to be right for it to include that and still be two
1: games under five hundred. So after Saturday's, we pray. Rock bottom, right? No hit by a goddamn rookie left-hander making his major league debut, throwing junk, not. J.R. Richard's son, all right? Throwing junk. A closed-door meeting was called by the San Diego Padres. And the the reporting has been that Eric Hosmer called the closed-door meeting to focus on preparation and uh, players
2: not showing up ready to go. By the way, I I laughed when I heard closed-door meeting because you usually know what closed-door meeting means. No media. Mm-hmm. But there is no media. There's no media. They're all closed door. Right. So, yeah. so closed door meeting is either. Keep the coaches out. Keep the coaches out. Or it's we're just saying it's closed door meeting so people know we're taking it seriously. Correct. Um.
1: So now we, we, we've reached the point where you did uh, push me in a corner. So I'm going to try and get out of the corner while giving as much information as I can. You don't have to if you don't want no, to. No, let me just be very straight with our audience. Like, I've, we've always been, all right? Because I, I saw a response to your tweet that really made me mad, where y- you put that up and someone wrote, yeah, to something something, and they, he was insulting, sitting around are going to make up something and pretend that they know just so everyone will listen to their podcast. Oh, I didn't even see that. Well, I later, I saw and I blocked that dude. He also went after me on the other one, Um
2: He's coming from a perspective. But uh I'm the, not making is, up anything. Is it the uh, guy who called me a white supremacist? No, it's not that okay, guy. Okay, different but, guy. Got it. There's there's more than one. Uh
1: but we've had a source that
2: has been accurate multiple times. We can we've been able to prove that the source has roots in the clubhouse yes. multiple times
1: yes and that information passed along proved to be correct yes that source who will not be revealed
2: nor intimated toward I I, I just want to add this because usually when you when you like are like hey the source said this my first reaction is always this person wants to give us the information why like we we didn't ask for this right he just started reaching out right so i'm always suspicious of like his reasoning for why he would want to give this information up that being said whether or not it's a he or a she yeah that being said i, I just i just want to color it under that light of like understand that when a source gives information right it's it's information they want out there
1: well the stated goal in this case, was because the media spin was way off. Okay. And that's what I've found to be the general motif of our interactions is things that are being said that are not accurate to the actual mood within that's been relayed. Right. So this is a single source. I'm not trying to be a reporter. All right? I want to be super, super clear about that. Reporters insist on Double sourcing, I received this. We've, I'm not breaking my source, and I'm not trying to go
2: and be fucking Ken Rosenthal or Dennis Lynn. Right. We we did at least verify that the source was real and had real 100%. roots. That's we did that. Hundred percent. I, I think I made you do that. Hundred percent that's occurred. Yeah. Um
1: what we got regarding the closed door
2: meeting. Is that Jace Tingler has lost the team, which I 100% believe, by the way, that the clubhouse
1: got lost when A.J. Preller tried to trade Eric Hosmer, did all the things that you and I talked about would have to happen before a Hosmer trade. The trashing of him in the media through the expected sources. The actions of demoting him, benching him, dropping him to seven. Trading for Adam Frazier. Trading for Adam Frazier. Which,
2: by the way, all of these things did happen very close to that Marlins game that I was talking about earlier. Yes, sir. Because that game was on like July 27th. Okay. And they did all of that and they didn't
1: fucking trade him. They didn't trade him. If you're going to blindside somebody in Survivor, you got to get rid of him.
2: Or in baseball. It's not all about Survivor. Or baseball. Or, Or something else like baseball.
1: Or as Omar said, you come for the king, you best not miss. All right? And AJ fucking came in waved the pistol around threw it around his dick whoop-dee-boo did a whole thing did the speech pointed the gun and missed and then shot again and missed again and then put out in the paper when the cubs traded Rizzo. well here we go we'll get it we'll get him this time and missed again and look, around these parts, around here inside the inside the bubbly, inside the hot tub, we were like just going, yeah, go, yeah, go. Shoot, shoot, shoot your shot, AJ. Get him, get him. But he missed. He missed every time. And the team hasn't been the same since. And the team rolls over when they fall behind now. And Let's Antonio Senzatella throw 80 pitches to get through seven innings at Coors Field. And then the reliever comes in and throws 10 pitches to get through his inning. Like, the care level is super low right now. Um, A yes man to AJ. And a meeting called more in the veins of, hey... In Kansas City, we thought Dayton Moore was horseshit. We thought Ned Yost was the worst manager in the big
2: leagues. And we did it for us. Right. And uh, look, if you want to convince me that Eric Hosmer is still the leader in the clubhouse, you can do that. Because at the end of the day, I love Manny Machado. Manny Machado is like an on-field leader. Eric Hosmer brought Manny Machado to the Padres. Like money brought Manny Machado to the Padres. Money entities but Hosmer helped recruit him. Proof? Source? That story's been written. Two Miami guys, All and right. he, he he reached out to Machado. He was like, "You got to get here. This Tatis kid's going to be great." Right. Money talks. M- money to absolutely, you're not right. getting him without the money. I, I just, I, I don't, if, you don't need if, that part. I agree with if your you, point. If, you don't need if, that if, part, but if you Hosmer wanna, is the
1: leader, because but he just is the leader. But
2: we've been saying all year, like, oh, Machado's the leader. If you want to tell me that Machado actually thinks that Hosmer is the leader, and therefore everyone else thinks that Hosmer is the leader, I would believe you, right? Right. I, I, and the
1: very next game when Manny had a 50 50 ball, he jogged to first, and I was like, closed door meeting, like. I don't think Manny heard the meeting. Yeah, you know, because the you know the other thing we heard was yeah there was a little talk about a couple players being maybe selfish, but there's an but there's a divide right now. There's a divide. The clubhouse is divided. That there's division. That there is confusion. That the coaching staff doesn't know how to get it back, and that Tingler might have lost the group because. It's not necessarily even Jace's fault. It's just, again, the truth that's clear to everybody that Jace is there on AJ's behalf.
2: Which was very evident from his resume. Right. Which would have fit on an index card. (laughs) That that was the only reason he was hired to be the manager of these guys in the clubhouse. So that's he, all I'm. He has got quote, no unquote, Reporting. Yeah. All right? right. All I'm. All I'm really, one source that it's not
1: about. Hey, you guys have to come harder. Right. It's a
2: little bit about that. It's mostly, fuck the coaches. Let's do it ourselves. You exactly. know exactly. It's, it's major league. Right. It's major league. Except of, Doc
1: Brown had the speech with the owners statue there, and and then Tom Berenger said we got
2: to win the whole fucking thing. Right. But but it's the. Yes, they because they had man the manager that was on their side, right? right? Just imagine it's it's Hosmer giving the speech or it's Baringer giving the speech, and he's going, "They don't give a shit about us, but fuck them, let's win in spite of them." I could see Hosmer giving a speech like that. I can too. The re- then and then
1: hilariously, the next game, Fernando Tatis is reinstalled into the lineup. Doubles, homers, homers, singles in two runs. In the middle of all that, Kevin Acey tweets, well, thank God Eric Hosmer's reached base three times this game. Clearly showing that he is the leader because he backed up his big speech on Saturday. All right? And then the Padres come out today and lose and suck. All right? And yes, Trent Grisham hit a three-run homer in the ninth inning. 5-2 became 5-5. Thank God. They showed at least a little spark tonight in Colorado. But when they didn't take the lead, you knew they were going to lose. Uh, like, you didn't even want to turn the TV on out here.
2: Showed a little spark in one inning.
1: For well, really one guy. That's it. It's just I mean, they got on for ba- one they, guy they, to get a hit.
2: They got on base for him. Yeah. But it was the only inning where I saw guys on base. It's wild. The swagger. The attitude.
1: Just the overall joyous feel, the gestalt of the Padres is gone right now. Honest to God, John, again, like you and I, we we have to pay attention, right? Like we're running this podcast. Right. Sad. I was so deeply invested in the folks in the discord. Know it folks on Twitter. Know it like Friday. I was all in on the Padres. I was like, if this team's for real. You know, after the th- 7-0, 12-3, Blake's on the mound, no excuses, fucking lousy Diamondbacks win this game. Just win this game. They lost the game. Walk-off home run, yeah, just like they lost tonight, but they lost the game. And I said to myself, I, no, I'm out. And, like, Saturday, we had to work at the Loyal game, so I got there early. Saturday was literally the first game all year that I did not watch or listen to one pitch. It's the only game all year that that has been the case for me, that I didn't watch or listen to one pitch. I got there. We set up. I pulled out my phone. It was 5 nothing. I said, fuck this team. I put it back in my pocket i worked the booth like a good employee i walked the loyals the locals in you know we did our, our parade entrance whatever i pulled out the phone it said we we're being no hit through the seventh i texted you i said we're getting no hit and then i pulled it out at halftime Well oh, look at that we got no hit you know and they've lost me you know like if you've lost me you've lost something
2: yeah they've lost me too
1: The second they fell behind tonight, I made sure to research that they haven't come back at all. I tweeted, they haven't come back at all. And I started to relieve myself of the pain of watching them not come back. You know, and we watched the ninth inning together here, you know, at at the summer studio. So it's, it's really dark, man. And it's darker than we've been at any point the last two
2: years. Okay, so I want to answer a quick question that was thrown in our Discord by one of our loyal Patreon subscribers um, who's something of a controversial figure in our Discord, which is Tevin McReynolds. Tevin asked a question a couple hours ago that I saw, and I wanted to throw in here instead of doing waiting for group therapy because it was interesting, um, and I feel like it leads to my... What I'd what I'd actually like to rant about, but Tevin asked, "Is there anything that could happen between now and the end of the season, right, that could make either me or you want the Padres to fire AJ Preller? Not whether or not it's realistic, although maybe that right. was part of his question, but whether or not we would want them to fire AJ Preller." Okay. What is your answer to that question? <sighs> On field stuff. We're not we're not gonna be like, oh, if he's sexually harassed. No, no, person. no. I, right. you, yeah. yeah, obviously if he does he did, anything yes, awful yeah, like right, that. Right, yes, yeah, kick yeah. his ass out. No, but
1: presuming that he is exactly who we think he is, uh, and nothing less than that. Uh I think AJ's in too deep. Um, My bigger concern would be, could somebody step into this and just make it better? And I don't know in the evaluation process that I'm at the point where I'm like, actually, the problem is only AJ. And if we got rid of him, it's his decisions that are killing us. You know, um... But in some ways, it is his decisions that are killing us. And it's just so difficult because I know he won't be. He's under contract, I believe we heard in the last group therapy, through 2025.
2: Got extended this last February through
1: 2025. Through 2025? So it's been,
2: what, uh, six months?
1: So it's a ridiculous question. Yes. And I'm sorry, Tevin, you're putting us in the position to to answer a ridiculous question. They're not going to fire A.J. if the team loses every game but wait, I have, I have until a the end of
2: the year. I have a follow up because you said A.J. is the one who's put us in this situation. I would like you to expand upon that. And I will after this break.
4: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join US Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50
3: public universities in the US. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.
4: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
1: If you're enjoying our Padres Hot Tub content, and God, I have no idea why you would be at this <laughs> point, uh, please get more by joining us at patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub, where at the very least you get the opportunity for our banter podcast, our Have a Drink podcast, which are both exclusive only to our Patreon members. You get all of our Padres Hot Tub and group therapy podcasts live the night they're recorded with no commercials, including this commercial. If you're listening to this, you didn't subscribe yet to patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. It's only $5 a month. And with our Discord server, you get really intelligent and sometimes deeply bleak baseball conversation. Yeah, think like Padres Twitter, but better.
2: Way better. Mostly way better. More inclusive, smarter. Also sometimes bleaker. But I think somewhat more self-healing. Oh, for sure. And group therapy helps. Which, yes. you can only join group therapy live if you are a part of our Patreon group, if yeah. you are a part of our Discord. that If you ever listen to that episode and you hear us talking to other people, hear their voices, it's because they are Patreon subscribers and they're on the Padres Hot Tub Discord server. Whether or not you, you're
1: angry at the team as much as we are tonight, you got to understand we love baseball. We love the Padres. We love going to Padres games. People who join us at a higher level than $5 a month have a chance to just come out with us for free to Padres games. Yep. Uh, at the $30 level, we'll go to a brewery of your choice at your time and pay the tab and hang out and just have a great time. And that's just part of the, the, the perks you get. But remember, at the entry level, it's 5 bucks for the whole month. It's 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 nothing. It's less than half the cost of the beer you'll buy at the ball, at the uh, ballpark easily. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Padres hot tub. Join the community. If this crappy team makes the playoffs, we'll have even more expanded content uh, at that point for our Patreon community. So check it out. Get in now. Uh, we'll continue through the offseason. We evolve. We'll have all sorts of fun things, including offseason game nights for our patrons. It's going to keep going. The community continues to grow, even as the team continues to suffer. Find out at patreon.com slash Padres Hot Tub. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk more about AJ. Because the one thing... I I don't know if you get this much. Again, my Twitter's a bit OP right now. I don't like to put opinions in it anymore. Um, But there's this general pushback, I feel like, if you criticize Preller at all, where people just go, what are you talking about? Like, no, every move is great. What do you mean? This is the best guy. And I feel like here we've kept a much... For the most part, we've cut a much more balanced look at A.J. Preller. I feel like we did kind of drink a little bit of his Kool-Aid the last couple years. But really, this team is not very well positioned right now. And A.J. Preller is literally the only person responsible for the Padres positioning. The only person. Just consider, yes the Manny Machado contract is great. Yes, the Fernando Tatis contract looks great. As a point of fact, one of the most injured players in baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr., at age 22, if he becomes the kind of guy that at age 28 all those injuries catch up to him, that'll be the worst contract in baseball. I don't want to go there, all right? But at age 22 he's missing like a third of the season due to injuries and he's about to undergo a surgery at the end of the year that turned the NL MVP into a sub 175 hitter up the road in LA okay uh i'm i'm pretty worried about a 2022 where all the stories are about fernando Tetis' worst season of his career as he somehow finally can't lift the baseball you know um but I hope that's not the case. I hope he's Tatis is the one guy you just gotta put on a pedestal and throw away. He's analysis proof. Things happen to him. He gets injured. He comes back, he hits three home run you know, two home runs, changes positions, he just catches everything. Nothing affects him. Bat him fourth, bat him first, bat him anything, doesn't matter. But Undiscussed last week, also One of A.J. Preller's worst contract decisions came home to roost. As after pitching about 20 innings all year, nursed through one I.L. stint after another, after another, after another. They finally admitted that Drew Pomerantz has a torn flexor tendon in his elbow. And he's done. He's going to surgery. Four years, $32 million, and in the end, John, you got to hope in 2023 he builds off of about 45 innings total that he gave the team. He'll get paid almost a million an inning for what he didn't bring to this club. And when that deal was signed, it was like, what? What? Four years, $8 million a year for a, a middle reliever lefty, but then we're like, ooh, look at the spin rate. Look at the fastball velocity. Oh, they unlocked something in Milwaukee. Oh, he's so... No, H.A. Preller bought high. They, they The Giants released... Uh, the Giants! The team that rehabs everybody released a pitcher with a six ERA. He went to Milwaukee. He played up for a month and a half. And we signed him for $8 million a year guaranteed for four years to come in, throw OK last year in a mini-season, get hurt, and now he's going to be out all next year. Like, that's legitimately a trash signing. How dare you say that, though? How dare you say that about Drew Pomerantz, who shoved for us last year. When we made the playoffs, he shoved. We went 37-23. and 23. It, was, it was 60 games. It was bullshit. Okay? But, ooh, look at... Jurickson Profar is fighting to get back from AAA right now on rehab. So he can come up and throw another spanner in the works of the San Diego Padres. When we start playing him in the outfield randomly benching guys so that we can get Jerks and profiles smile into the lineup, okay? He gets two more years after this at seven mil a year to be utterly redundant, to be a player that only exists on this team so that someone else is hurt and he runs out there. But we've got Hassan Kim for that. And then we traded for Adam Frazier, And Tatis is a shortstop. And we signed Manny. And we signed Hosmer.
2: Is he a shortstop? We'll find out.
1: Those contracts look awful right now. Awful. Awful. And the team is over the CBT. His trade record is up and down. Some really good. Hey, Grisham, that was a good trade. You know, Cronenworth, incredible trade. Even Pham turned out to be okay. But it's up and down, man. And what he did at the deadline last year fucking gutted this organization. Mike Clevenger's thrown like six innings for this organization. Ten? There's six guys out there that aren't here so that Mike Clevenger can make really cool sunglasses for knockaround. And not pitch. There's four guys up in Seattle so that Austin Nola can, you know, he's a good hitter. But really? We we went from full to pretty much empty to get those two guys. And what happened? Nola's been hurt half the year. Good stick when he's in there. Can't throw anybody out team doesn't respond with a big winning streak when Austin Nola shows up with the same fucking team. A.J. Preller's put us in a hole, man. And the worst part about it is that he knew it. He, he knew he was in such a desperate spot that he had to trade Eric Hosmer in order to get under the CBT and still try and improve this team. And he went out and he lit the fire. He shot the flare He started the process that can't be stopped, and then it didn't happen. And now you look at this team, and they are ill-prepared, ill-composed. They have two starters you could think about relying about right now. Blake Snell and the guy who gave him a five spot in the first last game. Those are the guys we're relying on. And then it's a kid who shouldn't be pitching, and... We haven't even mentioned Jake Arietta yet.
2: I'd rather not.
1: What a cell phone to go get literally the worst starter in baseball and go, well, he could only improve our lot. And the people go, well, God, if he gives us five innings, and gives up four runs. Well, hey, we're right. If the Padres are down 4-1, the game's over. The fucking game's over. Oh, well, at least we got this guy to come in and go three innings and give up five runs, but we got those three innings out of him. Ill-positioned, ill, Ill positioned, not playing for their manager, some dumb contracts on the books, and you're going into an offseason where, yeah, you pay a small fine for going over the CBT, but now you're on double-secret Probation. If you go over again, you pay a big fine. And what happened, John, when the Padres went all out in 2016 in the international signing market? They froze up the next several years. Yeah. Did they keep going? Go oh, fuck the penalties.
2: We're just going to keep spending. We want to win. No. You couldn't. You couldn't. Yeah. The rules dictated that they couldn't.
1: Okay, that's fair. Please strike that part for this, from the from the uh, <laughs> no from the uh, no I don't mean really but I mean, <laughs> jury strike that part um, you know just understand the rest of the argument this if this team either plays the binary playoff that you discussed Friday on group therapy zero or one playoff games or just you know misses out right altogether everyone's going to be like they fucked up and it's time for the Padres to make big changes right the window's closing. 2022, let's go. Big changes. They're not going to be able to make any changes because they're over the CBT. It's going to be hold tight. Hope this gets better next year with the same guys. This is the spot, the hole, A.J. Preller has put us in. Do I think it deserves him to be fired? No. But if you want to keep praising him as the greatest GM and the innovator and the only reason the Padres are good, recognize where we are Everything belongs to A.J.
2: I'd like to state a rebuttal.
1: Please do. I went I went for a bit, so the floor recognizes. John Gennaro.
2: I would first like to state that my standpoint is not that all of this with the Padres, all the good things are the result of A.J. Preller. A lot of the good things are the, the result of Peter Seidler. Manny Machado is the result of Peter Seidler. Right. Um, Even the fact that they're at the tax, which is a hilarious thing to say as the San Diego Padres is Peter Seidler. Almost all of the issues that you listed there with A.J. Preller are injury-related. Drew Pomerantz got injured. Couldn't have predicted that. Mike Clevenger got injured couldn't have predicted that could have could have could you he have had an
1: injury history coming in people thought he was damaged goods that was one of the first things said about that trade is like cleveland's happy they got rid of clevenger then clevenger got hurt
2: fair enough i i would also like to state for the record you're like wow they gave up all those guys to get up also Nolan. oh he's a good hitter blah 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 <laughs> please try to not laugh Please state for me the catchers of the San Diego Padres the day before they traded for Austin Nola. Caratini? No. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry.
1: Oh, the day before they traded for Austin Nola. Yes. Not the day before uh-huh.
2: they, uh, uh, Hedges and Mejia? I, probably. I don't even know if Mejia was in the with the major league team at that point. Yeah. It was pretty much just Austin Hedges. They had to do something because they were going to the playoffs with Austin Hedges as their starting catcher. They had to. Austin Nola was a huge upgrade. And I I I would like to point out, before the season started, everyone, us, Fangraphs, anyone who covered baseball, said this is either the most talented or the second most talented team in all of baseball, and everybody is signed for at least three years, with the possible exception of Tommy Pham. I saw a tweet today that showed that before the season, Fangraphs rated the Padres as having the number one starting rotation in all of baseball. Yeah. Because they expected you, Darvish, to be you, Darvish, Blake Snell to be Blake Snell, Denelson Lamette to not be injured, Joe Musgrove to be good, Adrian Morejon, Mackenzie Gore, Chris Paddock, right, Ryan Weathers. Right. right. Th- that was their eight. We said before the season you need eight starting pitchers, and they have it. And it wasn't enough because Snell has been bad. Darvish has been hurt. Paddock is hurt. Morejon is hurt. Gore is broken. How many of those things are A.J. Preller's fault? No,
1: that's fair. Now you trade for an aging pitcher, you have to accept injury risk as being part of it. So
2: Darvish getting hurt needs to be something you bake into every part of his no Padre's no career. no 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 stop. I let you talk for like five minutes. I'm not. You're not interrupting with that. That's garbage. You asked me. No, I know I did. But that's I stopped I you. I th- you. I didn't th- interrupt th- you. No, you didn't. You're right. But I didn't like your answer. Right. So you interrupted me. Yes. As long as that's clear, let's uh-huh. continue. No, you no you you were you were not out of line. You were just wrong. <laughs> okay. No, you just didn't like what I said. It's not that I'm wrong. In in this courtroom, (laughs) you're wrong. Okay? Okay. (laughs) AJ Preller is not infallible. Nobody is. Right. Not a perfect GM, because the perfect GM doesn't exist. Is he the best GM in baseball? It's debatable, but probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Is he one of the three or four best GMs in baseball? I personally think yes. He made some clusterfuck moves, though. And you didn't even mention him. <coughs> he hired Jace Tingler to be well, the manager. I didn't mention we that. We just, just talked spent about it. I Fifteen know. minutes. Yeah, on but it. you didn't mention it. He hired Jace Tingler. He probably had a hand in hiring Larry Rothschild. I have to say so. What was the book on Larry Rothschild before he got here? He fucking decimated the Yankees pitching staff. Yeah. What has happened to the Padres? They decimated. Staff? They're fucking decimated. I know that that's, like, a real, like, A plus B must equal C. But I don't fucking care. Fuck Larry Rothschild. And (laughs) we have a source. The source could be bullshit for all we know. But it certainly looks like Jace Tingler has lost his fucking clubhouse. And I think Preller, who we know is not really the most hands-on guy, probably leaves Tingler to clean up his mess a lot of the times. Like hey, we're going to spend a week talking about how we're going to trade Eric Hosmer, and then we didn't. Go make sure he's happy. That's some bullshit. But on the other hand, a good fucking manager with some fucking experience would be able to do that shit. So this, what we said in the start of the season, because we weren't fucking crazy and everyone agreed with us, this is an incredibly talented team. Yeah. You look at that lineup. Still talented. One through eight. Better Still than almost every team. really, really talented. Yep. You look at that starting rotation before the season, you're fucking blown away by it. Yep. The bullpen, blown away by it. Right. This team has so much fucking talent, and they squandered all of it. Right.
1: And if the manager that the GM installed lost the
2: club to allow all that talent to founder, it does come back to AJ's death. 100%. The 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 biggest mistake AJ Preller has made is Jace Tingler, and if he is the one who ha- hired Larry Rothschild, which I believe he is, of that's he is. that's the biggest mistake number two. The roster, the roster building, I agree with you. He should have traded for a pitcher at the trade deadline. He tried, he missed out several times. Right. He probably should have had seven backup plans instead of three. Or maybe he shouldn't have fired his biggest bullet to get another second baseman also probably true getting adam frazier was d- dumb although it did turn out to be semi-valuable once tatis got hurt but how could you have not gotten tyler anderson
1: back in that trade
2: how could you not get a pitcher back in that sure trade? yes they, some he, pitcher. yes he should have added a, a starting pitcher at the trade i i will not argue with you that he did a poor job at this trading deadline i think last trading deadline he gave up a lot but i think he he did the right thing there
3: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't even think the Pomerantz contract is necessarily horrible. Like, it's horrible now that he's injured. But, like, at the very beginning, I was like, it's a little overpaid, but, like, I kind of get it. The Profar contract, they were paying for what they saw last year, which was a mistake but I kind of got it, especially because Tommy Pham had just gotten stabbed in the back, and you had no idea if you like actually had a left fielder right, or not. Right, Like, Tommy Pham getting stabbed in the back is the reason Jerks and Profar has that money and that contract. Um, Preller fucked this up, not with his roster building, with his coaching hire. And you just said, at the end of this year... When they're sitting on the outside watching the playoffs, everyone's going to be like, they got to make major changes, and they don't have the money to make major changes on the roster. Right. I understand that Jace Tingler probably has the best record of any manager in the history of the San Diego Padres. I also understand that he's got the most talent that any manager has ever had in the history of the San Diego Padres. It's the North Turner situation. and that Yes, and that talent fucking hates him, and he needs to be fucking gone and that pitching staff and that bullpen had enough talent to be great, and instead they fucking suck, and they're hurt. And that is enough to get Larry Rothschild fired. And I know you hate firing the hitting coach, but if they're going to have 10 pitch innings, seven innings a night, someone has to – head has to roll. Right. So I think – What should honestly happen after this season goes down the tubes in one way or another, which I really fucking hope it doesn't, but I'm pretty sure it's going to, they need to clear house. Every coach needs to get out on their ass. They need to bring in an established manager. I don't want to say the name Buck Showalter, but they need to bring in an established manager. He's not Buck Showalter. Hopefully someone younger. They need to bring in an established manager. That's it, someone younger. And they need to have that established manager... Pick his pitching coach, his bench coach, his third base coach, his first base coach. Even if you wanted to actually make it Skip Schumacher, I wouldn't scream about it. If you wanted to make it Skip Schumacher, make Rod Barajas the bench coach because the players like those guys. I'd be fine with that. But Tingler's got to go, and Rothschild's got to go, and maybe Damian Easley's got to go. Those are the big changes because right now, I you cannot— get anywhere with me arguing that this team is not talented enough they are
1: i'm not trying to argue. they're not
2: coached well or. and they're not motivated
1: no what i would not argue that they are untalented i would never argue that in fact and i keep coming back to what we even said in the preseason when i set the floor for this team at like 88 wins which probably still sounds about right saying but i always said and you you'll know when i say this you're like yep you said that so many times A team with pitching this good can't be bad. Right. Right?
2: Because you can't have long losing streaks. But the pitching isn't very good anymore. Well, you said that before we realized that LeMet was going to be nothing this year. Before we realized LeMet would be nothing. Before we found out that
1: Snell would be a complete Terrible. head case, yep. that Paddock would be upsy-downsy, yep. that Musgrove post-Sticky would be a below-average starter in like, the big leagues, which he has that been. Gore was getting sent That Gore
2: doesn't exist. Freaking Fiji. That it.
1: Weathers would get his career ruined Yeah. by being turned into a punch—I mean, David Weathers is probably crying into his pillow— Ryan and Ryan Weathers, both. They're both crying into their sharing pillow. a large pillow, right? I mean, like the night before starts right now. Ryan Weathers just has to be a complete
2: basket case. You know, do you think he's going to bed nice and easy? He's probably eating an entire pizza. <laughs>
1: That's probably where he is.
2: <laughs> he's probably, he probably is stress eating quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a mess, and the bullpen is a mess. Melanson is no longer super reliable.
2: Right, but but Gon might be the best right now. Right, but my, my my argument remains the same. None of these things are Preller's fault. H- him at the trade deadline not addressing them better is his fault, but none of the fact that these things have not performed the way they expected to is Preller's fault. Like, that that Fangraphs thing where they were like, the Padres have the number one rotation in baseball this year, that was not including Mike Clevenger. Right, right. Like, so, so you can even throw that in there. Like, Darvish should be healthy. Snell should be better. Like, Lamette should be healthy or doing the Clevenger thing. Like, they have made—maybe clear out the trainer, too. Like, they've made so many mistakes on the fringes that have really sunk this incredibly, incredibly talented team. They're the definition of a great team on paper. That's right. And, and that's the whole thing,
1: and that's why you feel that AJ is unimpeachable, because the team is great on paper. That's his job. His and, job is to build a great team on paper. However, they're shiny, but they're not sound, and that's the problem, and that's where you got to go next level on that. And, and I'm not saying that it's completely broken or completely unfixable. In fact, let's wrap up with... What could fix? What could get better? Like, we're obviously in the darkest of all dark places right now.
2: Are we talking this year or next this year? This year. What can get Let's, better this
1: This year? year. All right? This year. Eventually, on paper, <laughs> the Padres' offense should be better than most teams they face most nights. Now, they're not. They're not playing. They haven't played like that since April and May. But they should be. So it's not impossible for me as a still-objective judge and observer of baseball to think that even against better competition, the lineup could perform better the next six weeks compared to the previous ten. That could happen. Sure. Magically. There's always the chance Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove pitch better the rest of the year, and Darvish returns, and these guys find their A-form in September. And in September, those three guys pitch the way we we saw them pitch the first two months of the year. It's not impossible. It hasn't happened for three months, but doesn't mean it can't happen. It could happen. It could. The team that we have derided for three months straight... As being a team that rises and falls to the level of its competition, we could have been right about all that. They could rise to the level of their competition, continue to play 500 or slightly below or slightly above all the way through the tough competition, and still at 13, 14, 15, or 16 games over 500, make it into the playoffs. Because in the end, the Reds just don't quite make it to that level. That's a possibility that exists. Yep. But I will ask you this. When we gather again on Thursday, will the Padres still be in a playoff position?
2: I will make a prediction that is yes but the two-and-a-half game lead they have over the Reds will have shrunk. It's one-and-a-half now. Christ. I'll still go with yes. They're playing the Rockies. Ugh. I'm going to go that we they will be a half game out. Yeah, 50-50 on Thursday. is probably the
1: best line there. If they win one of the next two days, it's going to be tomorrow. I mean, maybe Jake Arrieta is going to fucking show up and throw five shutout innings. I don't know. I sincerely doubt it. But in Colorado, crazier things have happened. And because I'm so sure it won't happen, I'm sure it will. You know this. But I I just got to say, Jake Arrieta is the player I have least wanted to be on the Padres since Miguel Tejada. Yeah. And like the first two games, Miguel Tejada got hits and people told me I was a complete asshole.
2: By the way, I saw a story this morning that like the final draw with the cubs the reason they were finally like okay you've been terrible we have lot the cubs love they have loads of terrible players right the reason they finally got rid of them was uh they had media in yeah it was a zoom call oh was it was a zoom call? it was a zoom call and he'd and he would given up like seven runs in the first and he insisted someone in the media take their mask off yeah he said that, yeah we'd I'd, we'd love it if you take your mask off i know there's no one around you yeah yeah, the yeah. Cubs were just like... So, yeah, he's just... He's, he's, That's he's why I wrote on a tweet today, bad person. Yeah, he's a bad person. And look, maybe... I've never
1: met him, as, as a good 20 or 30 of you wanted to point out no, to me. No, he's a bad person. You know, I've never met him. Maybe he grills a mean fucking steak. Maybe when you call him, he shows up 20 minutes later to give you a ride home. I don't know. But he had major conflicts with teammates in Philadelphia. I looked this up. Uh, he had a big battle. He, In fact, he was accused of being a guy in Philadelphia that created a uh, John Lackey video games and fried chicken mentality in the clubhouse. Uh, then he got in a big pissing match with Carlos Santana, who's gone on to be good again in Kansas City, uh, saying that they didn't have the right kind of people in the locker room. And I take that as being coded. Uh, and then he came out today or, you know, this year with really strong anti-vax comments. And then he berated a reporter after he got shelled, in, uh, giving up seven runs in the first inning, berating the reporter to take off his mask. And in 2016, you know, when Trump won, he, he had a bunch of shit. But there's plenty of Trumpites and maggots in in baseball. I'm not judging all of them. Plenty of people voted for Trump in 2016.
2: Maggots. I had never heard that. That's good.
1: <laughs> and... uh I'm not... That's not it. That's not it, man. I just think he's the... He's another brick in the exact wrong thing wall that we're building. And it's been exact wrong thing wall has been getting really big the last three weeks.
2: I understand the idea behind signing him, which is we have nothing. Right. And we can't keep killing Ryan Weathers. And... He's not replacing Ryan. He's not Weathers. replacing Ryan Weathers, but he's Ryan Weathers' hand. My, my, my guess is they're like, let's get him a starter too, and then Paddock will come back, and then maybe if he's been okay, he can replace Weathers. And I understand it. They have nobody else. I understand it. That's 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 poor planning on their part. They're trying to make up for it. With an absolute Hail Mary with a shitty person. I'd
1: also like to be a culpa that I was mad on Friday that they didn't get Cole Hamels. And it turned out Cole Hamels was a fucking con man who took a million dollars guaranteed from the Dodgers with a shoulder injury that he already knew about. Cole Hamels is on the 60 day DL and will never throw a pitch for the L.A. Dodgers. And they just blew a million dollars and just gave Cole Hamels a million dollars.
2: San Diego's favorite son. Cole yes. Hamill, so stealing, stealing money from the Dodgers. He's back in my good graces. Right?
1: But, yeah, so, I mean, that w- that wasn't going to work. Maybe there was nothing that was going to work. I really disliked, though, A.J.'s uh, press conference on Saturday when he framed the whole pitching discussion as, I could only make a bad trade. And uh, you, you can go back and find that press conference if you'd like, but the, f- the framing of his discussion was, Every trade that was presented to me was a bad trade that would have hurt our team and hurt our team for years to come. And you want me to make that bad trade? No, I wanted to make good trades that help our team. Never bad trades that hurt our team. And all the starting pitching trades were bad trades that would hurt our team. Like, well, yeah, if I accept your framing, then you're infallible. And you objectively found only bad trades out there. And thank God
2: you were a hero. That's a ridiculous thing where you're disagreeing with the market. Where it's like you're, you're walking into a car dealership and they're like, this car is worth $60,000. You're like, that's fucking ridiculous. I think this car is worth $30,000. And if you're going to sit here and tell me this car is worth $60,000 and you're lying to me. No, no, no. No, we're not going to sell you the car for $30,000. Well, then I'm getting robbed. So right. obviously. <coughs> yeah, he, he missed. He needed to get something all the way back
1: to when Adrian Morihone got hurt. He was never replaced. Baez was hurt before the season. He was never replaced well what do you care as you've put brilliantly 10 minutes ago look at the top eight with the healthy lamette where are these guys gonna be anyway yeah but lamette was never gonna be healthy and we knew that from day dot that he would never
2: be healthy well we knew it once we got to spring training and they wouldn't throw him
1: we suspected it the whole way We did
2: suspect it the whole way
1: As all the depth pieces dropped off the board, they were never replaced. They were just never replaced. It was always, we're going to be fine with the way we are. And that extended all the way to 1 o'clock on July 31st. We're going to be okay the way we are with Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Paddock, Weathers. Uh Uh-oh, that hour, Paddock drops off. Weathers becomes an explosion. Darvish gets hurt. (laughs) With <laughs> within a week you got two dudes. Yeah. For your whole organization.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. N- I know it's, speaking of things that'll that'll never happen. Um I honestly think if they wanna like if they wanna send a message, they could fire Jace tomorrow. And just say people will be like, That's ridiculous, he's got the highest winning percentage of any Padres manager blah, 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 like they fired Jace and said players in our locker room had a real problem with him. and to be quite honest with you we are demanding more from our manager. We're demanding more from our team. We want to be a championship caliber team. We're not getting that from him right now. So the next month and a half Pat will...
1: Murphy is going to lead us to
2: <laughs> the, ne- <laughs> the next month and a half will be a tryout for Skip Schumacher and Rod Barajas is the bench coach again. And we'll see how this goes. Because it can't, it can't get worse, Craig. It can't get worse. But if and- our source is right,
1: and the true root of the anger at Jace Tingler is that he is A.J. Preller's mouthpiece and that he's nothing but a puppet for A.J. Preller, then Preller is the guy they hate. You'd have to install... Buck Showalter. Tony LaRussa. Somebody who steps in and goes, no,
2: "No, I don't listen to the GM. I'm the manager of this team. Yes, maybe. Or you install... And this is the thing I was talking about on group therapy last week. Or you install someone that they have a reason to respect. Skip Schumacher's got a ring. Rod Barajas played the majors for like 12 years. Like, that shit is the type of things that players respect. And so... I, I think if one of those guys was to lead instead of Jace Tingler, it would go a lot better because it would be like, oh, you're not just hired because you're willing to say yes to, ev- to everything AJ says. You were hired because you actually have credentials. You have experience. You have a resume that says you deserve this. I was trying to look up what Terry Francona's contract was. I was starting to think
1: maybe that would be your guy. I love Terry. He wins everywhere
2: he goes. I, I love know, Terry. I don't know what he's got left in Cleveland, but uh, I love Terry. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't even care who would who would be next year. I'm just saying, like, if you want to fix this year, uh, Jay should not be the manager of this team next year unless they really turn things around. But and I don't know if that's possible or not. Like, I I don't know if it's possible for them to turn things around. I don't know if it's possible for him to get fired, right? But I'm telling you, if they're sitting at Tony Parkway. And Trevor Hoffman Boulevard right now going, what can we do to turn this around? I'm telling you, fire Jace Tingler because every single person knows that the only reason he's there is to be Preller's eyes and ears and to be a yes man. You need someone leading these guys who they believe is fighting for their best interest and not the not the team's. Padres
1: Hot Tub, it's amazing where we went from Monday to Friday last week, from Friday to Monday this week. Where the fuck will we be at the end of this week?